Hello, we're your hosts, Lydia and Dante, and this is the Don't Be Karen podcast, doing our racism one Karen at a time. Urban Dictionary defines a Karen as the stereotypical name associated with rude, obnoxious, and insufferable middle-aged white women. Our mission each week will be to bring you some hard-hitting, super silly discussion around our Karen of the week in hopes to bring about just enough shame to potentially keep you from becoming a Karen yourself. So before we begin, we want to do a quick shout out to our social medias because that's the way things work now. So if you <laughs> that's what's up. Go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter at Don't Karen. That's at D-O-N-T-K-A-R-E-N. Our Instagram is do not be Karen. D-O-N-O-T-B-K-A-R-E-N. And the website is just www.don'tbecaren.com. That's D-O-N-T-B, just the letter B, Karen, K-A-R-E-N.com. And you can get tons of info there. We're going to be posting our Karen of the Week videos on the website and the social media. So make sure you're following so you can keep up with us there. We want all the likes, so bring it. Please bring it. <laughs> Please. But uh, we have a really interesting um, episode for you guys today. We've got a really great update on our OG Karen, the Central Park Karen. Um, so I think we're going to kick it off with that, right, Dante? Absolutely. So uh, her, her name is Amy Cooper. I like to say that a lot. Yes. Like Amy Cooper and the victim is Christian Cooper and there's no relation. So it is slightly confusing, but they they're not related in any way. Just by this just by this incident maybe they're related now. <laughs> but um but yeah, so the Central Park Karen, Amy Cooper, that was for those of you just a brief recap who are not familiar with that video. But it was an incident that happened in Central Park. Christian Cooper is an avid bird watcher. Amy Cooper was in an area and she had her dog with her that was unleashed. Yep. Christian asked her to please leash her dog. Um, and she went full Karen on him. Um, she called the police. Uh, she also abused her dog by like kind of choking her dog. It was terrible. Um, and luckily there was a video. Luckily nothing bad happened to Christian. Um, so, but just seeing her just kind of go off and saying a lot of lies about how he was potentially threatening her, you know, everyone was outraged that she would do something like this. And then she was like, I'm not racist. I'm not racist at all. You know, um, while she was doing incredibly racist things. Right. And so since then, um, it, Christian actually was like, I don't want to press charges against her. Uh, yeah. It feels like the shame of this is enough, which I was kind of just like, eh, whatever. Like, I don't care. It's up to him. He makes the call. Uh, but we have he since... He's keeping it classy. He went way high when yeah. she went way low. Yeah. <laughs> so... Bless his heart. So, yeah. we, But we've since found out that she actually made a second call to the police about the incident. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, you know, come on, man. <laughs> like, 
was that necessary? Like the first one wasn't necessary. She doubled up. So everything she was saying about not being racist is just a lie. Like she 100% tried to. Oh, yeah, because she's literally said in the second call, which wasn't filmed and wasn't reported, but just recently kind of came to light, but that she told the police that he was threatening her and that yep. he tried to assault her. Yep. So she knew exactly what she was doing. And we kind of d- discussed that earlier in episode two, when we talk about this Karen incident about how, you know, it's like the ultimate thing for a white woman to say like, Oh, you know, this black man is threatening me. My life is in danger and calling the police. Like she knew what she was doing, but now having this, additional information to realize that she went all in like she was full ham like trying to get the police to think that he was a threat to her life and potentially coming in you know maybe guns blazing or whatever the cops were gonna do thinking he was maybe trying to really hurt her yeah I mean that's yeah yeah because that that's the thing like when you when you look at what's happening here she like the whole issue with Karen's this entire time has just been that they're weaponizing the police against right. us. And so right. it isn't any more obvious than this. Like she, she wanted them to show up as a flex. It was like, I want you to make it clear to this guy, how things work. Right. And or how dare he tell me what to do? Right. And that and it was only in response to him questioning her, like I said, white people authority. Mm-hmm. Like if it weren't for that, she would have probably like even if it had been a white man, she probably would have just, you know, she maybe she comes back at him with a little snark or something like that. But yeah, th- there's no like there's nothing she can weaponize against a, a white man. Right. Same with if it were, you know, uh, you know, anyone but a black man, she would have, the response just would have been different. And that's what's so upsetting about it is when you, when you hear about this second phone call where she takes it from, all right, there's a problem to, there's a problem with my safety in question. It's like the response to that has to be one of violence because that's what when you're unsafe that violence that's being perpetuated against you has to be met with violence to stop it so like the police are going to show up maybe not guns drawn and like you know firing down on them but they're going to be a lot less willing to hear him out they're going to be a lot less willing to do even the basics of just good police work because they're coming in from a place of the only information we have is that this guy is threatening this woman and so they already like are they're doing their checklist in their head like does he have a weapon obviously he's a bigger person than she is and he's a man you know what i mean and they're gonna assume like okay immediately and we can't we've seen from past cases where that the time from a cop pulling over a person of color to shooting them dead is like three seconds in some cases where they're literally like, put your hands up. And the next thing you know, it's like, they just start shooting. 
And uh, so who knows? I mean, I think Chris is very lucky that this incident did not go in a bad way, but that was what she was trying to do. Like, I don't think she was trying to kill him, but I don't think she cared what would have happened because I think she just, like you said, in that moment was enraged and wanted to show him who really had the power and it wasn't him. Correct. And that was, you know, again, using the police, which, you know, you trace the police back. They were created as slave catchers. You know, they were, the system is created to police people of color in a certain way and protect white women's fragility or whatever you would call it, you know? And so she knew all that. She was smart. She's not a stupid person, you know, and she worked in finance and she's educated. And so she, you know, even though she claimed to be a liberal and not racist, she knew exactly what she was doing. And that's why she did it. Right. You know? And I, it's, um, what I think is really interesting though, is that, so she was charged with one count of falsely reporting an incident in the third degree, mm-hmm. um, just from that second call, that's what they charged her with. Yeah, and she she could be facing up to a, a year in jail, um, which she probably won't get because right now, according to recent news reports, uh, the prosecutors are working out a plea deal, so they adjourned for the next four weeks, and they're not coming back until November seventeenth, at which time they'll probably present a plea deal and she might just get like community service or something like that more than a bullshit thing yeah that's right um but what is interesting too is that this incident led to governor andrew cuomo signing into a law that imposes a civil penalty for calling the cops on a black person or any other member of a quote protected class when there's no reason to believe a crime has been committed. So they actually made a law in New York um, saying that this is illegal. Because honestly, when's the last time you've ever heard of a Karen or anyone being held accountable for, you know, lying to the cops and calling the cops on a black person? Yeah, it just doesn't happen. And I mean, these laws are popping up all across the country. I mean, they're, you know, people are really paying attention to this stuff. The problem here, though, is that, you know, the way laws work in this country, a lot of times it's the laws may exist. They're just not applied equally. So right. I was talking to a group of black people about this and our entire conversation was around how is this going to eventually come back to bite black people? That's our, we're, oh we're like, God. we're like, somehow this law, they're going to find a way that, you know, either we'll look up in 10 years and the law will have been implemented, say a thousand times and 995 people will have not suffered any civil penalty for it. And of the five who do, it'll be less than a hundred bucks each. And so we're, we're just like, there are tons of laws that exist that just aren't implemented because systemically, if we're not, if we're not in positions where we can properly, you know, 
see out the law. You know, if we're not the ones making the arrest, if we're not the ones prosecuting, if we're not the ones, uh, you know, on the bench as the judge, sometimes right. these things get looked over. And so it's just, it was a weird, we had, we had a, a weird conversation about it and how uh, it, it all kind of works together to become a full on system that we don't expect to look out for us. So again, like it, it's crazy that we'd see something like Governor Cuomo doing this and our first thought not be, thank you so much, this is incredible, this is good, but instead mm -hmm. skepticism. <laughs> Like, how is this going to turn around and bite us in the ass? Like, yeah. how is this going to be used against us? Yep. Or, oh, or also just okay. not not implemented with us in mind in terms of giving us justice. Because a lot of times that's what it feels like. We just aren't allowed justice. Yeah. Well, that's because that is the case. Yeah. I mean, I... And I think you're right. It's like it's a whole system. So it's not just the law it's the uh, police officers and the attorneys and the district attorney and the judges and the court system and all of that so mm -hmm. it's like working in conjunction together if it's still against people of color you know what i mean they're not right. being represented the the same as white people then yeah it, so I, you know not to go off on these tangents but it, one of the funny things that, that came up, we started talking about uh, Kamala Harris and how yeah. I, I was talking about how now, I are a, you like pro her? Are you? I mean, I yeah, I'm I'm totally I'm fine. I, I I'm very uh, she's quite impressive if you ask me. I think I think so too. I wish she was running for president, but so yeah, that's so too late at this point. I, I was. <laughs> Yeah. I was talking to this group and we were talking about how like a lot of my white friends are in, in this weird thing where I have friends who are very progressive who uh, who do this thing where they're like Kamala's a cop because she was a prosecutor and the okay. thing is like she, she definitely imposed uh, uh, this I guess I guess the only way to describe it would be uh, like during her tenure as the attorney general of the state of California, a lot of black people went to prison for like minor offenses and things like that. But that's the job of a prosecutor. And if we don't have black women prosecuting the law, we continue to have white people prosecuting the law. And what they do is they let white people off and then they overly prosecute black people. And right. so if you're then just going to treat black women who become prosecutors like crap when they try to go beyond that, then you're just telling them, oh, you don't get to be like you're just stifling their ability to go into the world to help the way they want to. And that mm -hmm. I, I it's, it's a weird catch 22 where it's like because she was good at her job of prosecuting and executed the law the way it was written, like, we find that now we're going to use that against her. And it's it's just harmful in a way where I'm like, she, she can't win. And that's not fair. Like, it's just not fair. It's not fair that people are like, Kamala's a cop. She, uh, 
is somehow a bad person for doing her job, yet prosecutors across the country are imposing lenient sentences on white people and then over-sentencing black people. And I'm like, well, how do we get into the system to make these changes if when we go into the system in that way, we're treated like crap when we eventually want to run for president or vice president or whatever it may be? Do, do people think that she overly prosecuted black people or she just was a hardline prosecutor? I think they I think they think that both. So I think what happens is because there are so many black people in California, it's just a natural thing that we would make up the percentages that are over prosecuted. Hmm. Okay. So like, I don't know. I, I feel like I need to do more research. Yeah, it's on, again, you know, it, it wasn't anything that we needed to like drastically break down. I just thought it was worth mentioning that, you know, like I said, these people uh, feel this way. And we're, I, I just want to make it clear that, like, you know, you're never going to get black people in these positions if when we take them, we're treated that way. Yeah, and I also feel like how many, I mean, she's an African-American woman, but she's also of Indian descent, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, how many women in her high-ranking position are there, actually, you know, with her background? It's like, to see her doing what she's doing already, she's breaking ground, you know? And right. so, um, you know, I don't, I feel like we need more women like that. We don't need yeah. to just attack the few that exist because it's it's like a. I mean, you look at all what the elderly white men are doing <laughs> everywhere. You know what I mean? And it's like people don't right. go in on them. They're just like, oh yeah, they're just whatever. But we get a woman, and it's like, or especially a woman of color, and it's like everyone has an opinion. You know, like she needs to be more like this. She needs to be more like that. And yeah. it's like, can't we just support her so there's more diversity? and women of color that are in those positions, you know? And then you have the luxury of maybe being like, oh, I'm going to choose my favorite out of these 20, you know? Instead of like, there's one and let's just criticize her. You know? Right. I Again, know. I only bring it up so that people are aware that like the system exists and it's working. Yeah. So... Yeah. Well, I do. I think it's a step, and I hear what you're saying. I feel like it's a step in the right direction. I think this uh, further update, which we will bring you guys um, mid-November when we get it, uh, will be interesting to see how much she's really being held accountable, or if kind of what you're referring to, Dante, it's like more lip service. Like, okay, we have this law, and we're gonna hold you accountable, but really you're just going to do quote community service, whatever that means, which is probably yeah. like going on a talk show and talking about how you're sorry for being, <laughs> for being a Karen. And oh, then it's yeah. like, okay, those are your hours. <laughs> there you go. There's your hours. Like Jeez. I would love to see if nothing else, I want this Karen in an orange vest picking up trash at central park. It would yeah. be great if we brought back maybe 
old timey techniques where she had to wear like a little wooden sign that said like, don't be racist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, I was a racist. Don't do it. You know, something like the public shaming, like just do it for your whole community service, pick up trash and wear something that says like, I was racist and I was trash. So now I'm picking up trash. That's the way to do that. Correct. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would be great. We'll just make oh. little signs for her. I'm racist trash. <laughs> she could go around. But, you know, because I think I read something where it said um, Miss Amy Cooper, the Karen in question, she was working as a financial executive and she was making $170,000 a year. And I understand that's not a millionaire, but like in my world, that's like, you're hella rich, you're super fancy and uh, okay, you have a lot of money. So you obviously move in higher echelon circles and all of her, you know, quote unquote community service is probably gonna be done behind closed doors, privately at some place where she doesn't really have to, you know, deal with the public. And I feel like, especially in this case, I just really want her to be public, to force, to be, to like really be accountable for her actions and see not for people to do hateful things to her, but, but for her to have to be out there and publicly acknowledge what she did. Yeah. When she, when she did the, when she did what she did, she wasn't, you know, hiding. She did it in his face. Exactly. She made those she was, two phone calls to the police. So she had no problem you know, one th- it's like, what you know, when someone says like, oh, it's murder. And then it's like, and you find out, oh, it's premeditated murder. So like you thought about it and you really went in and you planned it. It's yeah. like, I don't think she planned this, but I think one call wasn't enough. The second call to me is like the smoking gun of like, yeah, no, you knew what you were doing. You yep. cannot pretend you're, you didn't. And you absolutely wanted to make sure the cops came and did some stuff to him. So shame on you, Karen. All right. So that's our update uh, for Central Park, Karen. We will bring you more November 17th or shortly thereafter, as soon as they come out with the verdict. Um, So we'll get back into it. But we have another Karen incident to talk about involving a dog. I don't know. What is the deal with Karens and dogs, Dante? What do you, what, is going on? I mean, I have a theory, but I don't know if this podcast is the place for it. You're gonna so break I, it down, or <laughs> I, it's 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 a little it's a little much, and I don't want to scare off the listeners. So, oh, okay, All <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, well, yeah. All right. Um, uh, <laughs> let's let's start with this. Maybe we'll you'll touch on your theory as we go along. But this Karen incident, uh, I believe, happened October twelfth, so it's pretty recent. Yep. Um, this happened in California. Do you know the, uh, the Karen's name? I didn't have the Karen's I, name. I tried looking it up and couldn't find anything. Yeah. I, I, so, yeah, I don't know her name. I assume her drug of choice is meth, though. So let's start there. Yes. So I agree. Because I wrote down when I was watching the video, I was like, is the woman on drugs? Does she have a mental disorder? But basically the incident was in California. It was at an intersection. Uh, this Karen, who's a white blonde woman, probably in her 20s. Um, she encountered uh, a black man who I believe is a rapper named Glow Mula. 
And they started getting into it. She was holding a little puppy and then she threw her puppy at him. So the video is disturbing, especially if you um, like dogs, like I do. So it's terrible. Um, Let me just say, I don't even really, I don't care for dogs that much. Like I don't dislike dogs, but I'm like not a dog person. It disturbed me. Like the dog is just like crying yeah. in the video. And it's it's a really cute little dog. It's I, uh, you know, but yeah, she she's arguing with this guy and then throws a dog at him. It's I know. Not like it was like, like a, her Starbucks, you know, coffee yeah. or something. It was like so that's why you know, I think you mentioned, like, is she on meth? Allegedly, is she on drugs? Um, she said she had some kind of mental disorder or something. And it's clear she's on something or she has something off because it's, she's not being normal. But it's, yeah. the two of them are, like, engaging. And she literally says, I guess, you know, um, Glow Mula says, what did you just say to the Karen? And she replies, I said, you're black. And then he says, so what? And she says, exactly. Then she starts spitting in the street. And then he says, so what? I'm fucking black. What's up? And then she says, so what? I'm fucking white. And then she starts kind of walking towards him. And then he calls her a racist bitch. And then they just kind of go back and forth. She, it looks like she tries to like kick him. Like, and then he asks like is that your dog and then she just like loses her shit and throws the poor dog at him and then the best part though is that he's like oh my god come here and then he just says well you know this isn't your dog anymore this is you know he's like I got video get the fuck out of here this is my dog now he's taken this dog He's adopted the dog. Um, yeah. He has a GoFundMe page, which he originally was asking for like $3,000 to help pay for, um, I guess, food and vet stuff for the dog. He's already raised over $5,000 um, to nice. help pay for the dog, which is nice. And um, hopefully that dog's in a good home. He is posting pictures on Instagram. There's like this one photo of the puppy and in like his car and it's like a Mercedes. So he's like just chilling on these leather yeah. seats. Like just like all of a sudden he's like, I was in hell with this Karen and now I'm hanging out with this rapper and I'm just like living the good life. So I think there's a good, uh, you know, ending certainly for this little puppy, which is great. But I, I don't know why Karen's, are mistreating their dogs. Like my theory is like there is a level of casual cruelness that some people have where they really don't even understand like what they're doing and they don't see themselves as being abusers, but clearly to throw a dog or like the central park Karen who was choking her dog for no reason. Like she was enraged. So she just was like choking her dog as part of the whole rage scenario like at no time would that even occur to me if I'm like engaged in an argument with someone of like let me hurt my dog you know but it goes back to that like uh what is that thing they used to say like I think in the 50s or whatever they'd say like uh oh the man comes home from work 
and he like kicks the dog or like he's had a bad day at work and so he's like gonna beat his wife and kick the dog or whatever and it's like yeah how is that just like normal like that's just normal like but i think for some people they're like i own this animal this is my property under my control and they're like i can do what i want and oh those people should not have dogs in my yeah Yep. But <laughs> yeah. There's oh boy. I so one of the interesting things about this is that like thematically we're starting to see that Karen's have this sense of superiority, mm-hmm. but oftentimes they exhibit it against people who in terms of society societally speaking they don't actually have that superiority over so even with you know Mm. Amy and Christian for example I don't know what Christian does for a living but he's obviously a well to do guy he's a former writer editor at Marvel Marvel Comics yeah so like yeah so he's he's super well educated yeah yeah he's, he's doing okay yeah. And so when she goes, she's thinking, I make 170 a year. This guy doesn't, he's out here in the park. He doesn't get to approach me in that way. And then it turns out that like, oh snap, maybe this guy is actually even more well off to do than I am. Yeah. Same with the, the lady who is coming at uh, the rapper here. And she's, you know, you're black. And he's like, yeah, so what of it? But, <laughs> yeah. Like he's a, a rapper who's well off enough that he can put a dog in a Mercedes. Like right. so, not not even that any of that matters. You know, in terms of like uh, class and financial security and things like that. But I do think there's something to be said for the fact that these people, you know, that there is a part of them that this is important for where they feel like okay I am the like I'm the one here that's in control because of my status in life and as it turns out they aren't even like in terms of status they don't even measure up to the people they're looking down on and it's just so interesting to me because that plays out so it's it's such a direct correlation between that and like the situation where you know poor southerners who couldn't even afford to own slaves still look down on black people mm-hmm. even the ones who were well to do you know in the early stages of america who had money who had a claim who were you know doing well it was just a matter of like whatever you're black and i'm white and that's all that matters and you know, when when you talk about the Southern strategy that Nixon employed, where he's like, if I can make the lowest white feel superior to the, the highest of blacks, then, you know, I, I've done well. What was it's that? Like, Wait, what is that? What? I don't even okay, know so anything the, about that. What? So is that. OK, so do you know, you know how sometimes when you're talking to people online, uh, conservatives and Republicans like to mention that the Democrats started the KKK. Well, 
Okay, I don't know about that either. This <laughs> Okay, so this that, is the that is a true episode where Lydia knows. No, what? It's, it's interesting. <laughs> they, so, they're saying Democrats started the KKK. Yes, and they did, and it's it's true. But here's the thing. Okay. And during uh, during I think it was either his initial run for president or his uh, his run for reelection, uh, President Nixon employed what was called the Southern Strategy. Okay. And it basically it it swapped Republican and Democratic morals, basically. So what he did was he thought, I, if I could just win the South, I'll be like set. And his strategy for winning the South was, I want to make the lowest of the whites feel like they are superior to even the highest of black. Like if I could just convince them Wow. That this the the world exists in this way, they'll vote for me. That's really and messed so up. It. But okay, I can see. Oh, it's, yeah, it's the template that our current president uses. Yeah, it's not. It's not even like yeah. It, it, the Southern strategy is like one of the most interesting political developments in this country ever. I think, and so yeah, I, I love like that it exists and that it's known, and people still. Uh, act like it's not a, a weird thing, but that's the that's the approach. And you know, if you if you have poor whites who feel that way, who look and and feel like even though the blacks around me uh, make more money, even though they have become more educated, even though they they live a better life, I'm still white and they're still black, and that is enough. Well. I mean, you can't compete with that. Like that's. But I think it's all—it's a thing too, Dante. That I think this is the nugget of the racism, which is that people, okay, let's say historically believe that, right? Like no matter what, they're superior, and so it's ingrained in these people that, like, if you're black, that means you're low class. Like, so that is their mindset. So that's why they're confounded and amazed at you know the Chris Coopers of the world that are like what you're better educated than me you're also wealthy or people that are going into their you know really nice building and a person of color is also living there and they're like whoa you can't come in you don't live here there's no way you live here because that means yeah. you're on my level and there's no way you're on my level because you're black you're a black man you can't be on my level like it doesn't process in their heads. And I think that's really why a lot of these Karen encounters occur because they're just, they, they're like you just said, you know what I mean? Like they, it's been ingrained in them and they really don't believe that black people are on their level. And so when they're on their level or higher, they just can't, they lose their mind. You know what I mean? Like they just lose their mind. Yeah, one of the things that happens for me, especially when I'm when I'm traveling for shows, uh, some of the clubs I work put me up in really nice places, and some of them, uh, you know, when I'm when I'm booked certain ways, I get to fly first class and things Sweet. like that. And the way people treat me is so interesting. One of the, so in people first class. always. Oh yeah, people always want to know what it is I do. Oh. And like how did you um, get up in here with me? 
Right, uh, right. And uh, it's it's very interesting the way that they approach it. They, it always, it's always a thing of like, oh, hey, you know, how you doing? This, that, and the other. And then before you know it, like I said, here, here comes the, so what do you do for a living? Uh-huh. And <laughs> it, it's, it's always interesting having that happen because uh, I know what, I know what the implication there is. Like you're a drug dealer uh-huh. or you're, what do you? Well, I don't even, I don't, I don't know if, what they think I do. I just know that they're like, they, they just have to, there's a part of them that's like, kind of process. You have to know. Yeah, yeah. They, they just, it's like, come on. What, what's the secret here? Uh-huh. How, you, you obvious, like they want me to make them feel better about whatever it is they So they can do. go like, oh, okay, now that makes sense why you would be yeah, up okay. here. Okay, all right, yeah. got it. You won the lottery. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. whatever. Like it couldn't have been uh, because, you know, you are educated or inherited wealth or you're wealthy or talented or you have some, you know what I mean? It's like they just are like, you're just, why are you here? Like it's unusual and they need to get to the bottom of it. They want to solve the mystery. Right. I, so one huh. <laughs> one time I was staying at a uh, a really really nice uh, hotel in a I, well I won't say the city but I was, I was gonna I say wanna, like where person, were you staying? What, what? I, I don't want to I don't want to say because right. the person who booked it doesn't know that this happened. Okay. All right. And I don't want them. To, <laughs> so I was staying at a uh, a really 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 nice hotel. Okay. And I was in a really 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 nice room. And uh, to get to to my floor, I had to uh, put my key card into the the slot on the elevator and then press my floor. Yeah. And I got into the the elevator and uh, there was a couple of ladies on there and they were like, uh, they were just kind of like looking at me and I, was gonna let them go to their floor and then I was gonna press my floor because I saw that the only buttons that had been pressed were the floors below mine. Okay. So I was like, okay, once they get to where they're going, then I'll do mine. And so uh, they just kind of look at me and they're like, uh, you need us to press a floor for you? And I was like, well, I gotta do like my key with my floor. So I was just gonna let you guys go to where you're going and then like go. And they were like, no, you don't you don't have to you don't have to have a key to press the floors. And I was like, yeah, you do, like if it's a certain floor, so it's okay. And they were like, no, you don't. Like, what floor is it? And I was like, well, like I like it's not a big deal. I can just once you guys get to where you're going, I'll do it. And they were like, no, you're not gonna follow us off this elevator. They said that? And I was like, whoa, yeah. Oh my god. I was like, whoa. Like, absolutely not. Like, that's not, no, that's not what's happening at all. And they were like, well, what floor are you on? And I was like, I, I'm going to, can you press the door open button? I'm going to go out of here. And so they were like, uh, like, well, no, because that's like, if, you, if you're staying in here, you can just get to your floor by pressing the button. And so I was kind of like, well, okay, how about this? I'm on uh, floor 17. And they press 17 and it lights up and then the light immediately goes off. And then they press it again and it does the same thing. And they press it again and it does the same thing. And then the little display above the thing, it has a little, like it has a message on it. And it says, 
please insert key into key slot for that floor. Mm -hmm. And so I go, look, you have to like, you have to put the key in there. So I take my key, put it in there, press 17. It lights up, it stays lit, the door closed. We start going up. And now I'm on an awkward elevator ride. (laughs) <laughs> and so, did they say anything um, like oh we're sorry or okay or like did they acknowledge no, nothing no they they were they they said something I don't remember exactly what they said but it was something along the lines of like uh like I think we were supposed to put ours in too and they just do that as a safety precaution or, or some shit like that mm-hmm. and so they got to where they were going and then like they got off or whatever. I go up to my floor and then I like get out or whatever. And the next time I go down, they're like standing at the the like front desk talking to the people who work at like the front desk. And I don't know suspicious. what they're talking about. Very suspicious though. So I, I don't think they were like telling on me or anything. Mm-hmm. I think they were just like, just like trying to figure out what was going on on the 17th floor. Cause they weren't like, I, one of the things I remember hearing, it wasn't anything like, oh, this guy bothers or anything. But they were like, is there a bar on the 17th floor? And I was like, oh, they want to know like- What? <laughs> they, they, I guess they thought there were like perks to being on that floor and the only perks were that the rooms were much bigger and nicer. Well, I guess actually there was a, there was like a, a lounge up there as well. But like it, they were, they were, tr- they thought they deserved access to the seventeenth floor. Because if you had, and, it, they want to make sure that they got yeah. it. Wow. And so they were like, so like I said, the the thing that tripped me out was they were like, so is there a bar up there? And. <laughs> I was like, oh, they they're trying to they're trying to get to where I have access, even though they're not allowed. Mm-hmm. And it, it all they know is that if he's allowed, I must be allowed. Yep. And it was just such a funny experience wow. because like I said, I, there was a part of me that was like, okay, what if they don't get off on their floor and they follow me onto my floor? Like, yeah. I'm gonna have to call security on these oh old white women. Oh <laughs> and also, I have to say, it's like I can hear when you're telling the story. I could kind of hear the way you were sort of speaking to them, and like in your head, you're because you're aren't you more of an introvert? You know what I mean? Off stage and absolutely, yeah. So it's like you're yeah, trying to process. I, yeah. You're probably trying to be like, okay, I'm gonna be polite how do I phrase this what how do I do you know what I mean and it's like in their mind maybe that because you didn't have an answer like right away or something maybe they were like okay he's super shady now you know like who knows what they were thinking um but I I was like man I don't I don't feel like talking to these women right now. yeah you're like (laughs) I don't want to deal with this how do I get out of this without you know but yeah yeah. oh man well (sighs) Every day is a, such as life. Know, well, that's kind of why we're doing this podcast. We're trying to just kind of show, like, hey, any one of us and why us, I say, me and my other white ladies out there, we could have been those women in the elevator, you know. And I think highlighting these sort of, you know, Karen encounters, hopefully, is showing people too, like. <laughs> 
how it's like the little microaggressions are what I would imagine for a person of color is just fucking exhausting to deal with. Yeah. And I say that because the only thing I can compare it to is, you know, a lot of sexist stuff that I've dealt with. It's not the same. And I'm not saying, I'm just saying that's the only thing I have to compare it to. And just that like smaller level is exhausting. So I can't imagine um, dealing with that. So yeah, like the, the person on the airplane, a person in the hotel, or, you know, person in the park, whatever. It's like, just be aware of like what you're doing maybe and realize that some of these questions are racist. That's where they're based. You know, it's like, why are you asking that? Why are you policing yeah. that person? Why are you checking up on that person? You know, like what, what is really going on? But, um, for God's sakes, if you have a dog, don't hurt your dog. Don't bring your dog. In. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dogs don't want any part of it. They just want treats and their belly rubbed. So just leave them out. <laughs> leave them out. But, um, there you go. all right. Well, I think we're going to wrap up by saying, as always, thanks for listening. Uh, we also want to give a quick shout out to our personal info. So you can always check out more information about me, Lydia O'Neill, on my website, which is LydiaVille.com. And that's L-Y-D-I-A-V-I-L-L-E.com. Uh, and on Instagram, I'm the real Lydia O'Neill. And I know Dante. She's posting those thirst <laughs> traps, fellas. You know, it's like the Midwest thirst traps, though. So, like, <laughs> that's what we got right now. I'm going with that whole theme. It's just like you'll get a lot of plaid, flannel sheets. That's my next one. Oof, look out. Uh, flannel yeah. sheets. You gotta. That's gonna bring all uh, the D to my world. <laughs> look, I got flannel sheets. Hey, man. Get, and mac and cheese. So, get it how you do. Get it in. <laughs> <laughs> but Dante, are you, I know we talked about earlier about you're doing a couple shows before the snow hits as hard. Do you have any shows coming up? Any um, house parties? Any backyard? Um, no, no. I uh, I'm doing some shows at the local club here, Tiki's Comedy Club, next weekend, and then the weekend after that, I'm going to Vegas for uh, awesome, just a vacation to not feel shitty for a week now where are you um, i lived in vegas for a couple of years so where are you going in, in vegas i'm literally going to the hotel i'm staying in and that's it i'm just gonna put on the robe okay. lay in bed and watch rom-coms for a week straight and eat food and then just come chill. back now you know charlie's out there right are you gonna see her um i doubt okay. it i did i okay. i didn't really tell anyone okay well now um, everyone knows oh. <laughs> yeah, i don't know i may <laughs> i may like, show up at her house her and her new boyfriend's house yeah <laughs> see if they got any snacks <laughs> you never know okay cool well i love that you're gonna go hang out in vegas and then the club teehees that's in iowa right you want to tell the in Des Moines, yep. So, okay. if my Des Moines friends are listening, uh, I check out Tee's Comedy Club. Even when I'm not performing there, go support them. They they need the support right now. So cool. let's keep the small businesses going, baby. Yes, shop local. All right, and so yeah. And your personal website, Dante, would be DantePowell.com. Go check me yep. out. Yeah, and then your Instagram, right? 
Moose Rattler, M-O-O-S-E-R-A-T-T-L-E-R. So come holler at your boy. No thirst traps, really. (laughs) Yeah, you need to get some. What's up with that? Man, I'm I'm out here. (laughs) I'm 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 working on it. All right, I'm just giving you a hard time. All right, so I appreciate that's our social guys. Thanks again for listening, and as always, remember: don't be Karen. Don't be Karen. Please don't be Karen. Don't be Karen.